Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasar and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. The Israeli Defense Forces launched rear airstrikes in southern Lebanon early Friday morning, April 7th, and pressed on with bombing targets in the Gaza Strip in response to rocket fire from Lebanon and Gaza. The rocket barrages began on Leil HaSeder Tuesday, April 4th, and continued the next day. Another 44 rockets were launched into Israel from the Gaza Strip overnight Thursday, April 6th, with a new salvo fired early Friday morning, April 7th. Fox News' Trey Yinks discusses tensions in the Middle East. The timing of this is significant. It comes amid the Muslim holy month of Ramadan and also after the first night of the Jewish holiday of Passover. The past 48 hours in the Holy Land have been quite tense. This all started on Tuesday at the Al-Aqsa Mosque, the third holiest site in Islam, when Israeli forces tried to remove Palestinians from the mosque. There were clashes that erupted as the Palestinians fired fireworks at these soldiers and troops that were trying to remove them. And the Israeli forces fired stun grenades and tear gas on the compound. The fact that Lebanon is currently involved in the unrest is a significant development. You have to step back and look at where these groups are receiving weapons and funding from. It's the Iranian regime. We look at Iranian proxies across the region in Gaza, like Hamas and Islamic Jihad. But in Lebanon, you have those offshoots, but you also have a larger group, Hezbollah, that would have to give the green light on launching these sorts of rockets. The Israeli echelon has been warning of attacks from Lebanon for years. Tragically, the Pesach holiday has not been spared the never-ending cycle of terror in Israel. Hakol Radio was horrified to learn of the shocking execution-style killings of two Israeli-slash-British sisters ages 15 and 20 from Efrat, who were murdered in Gush Etzion as they were riding in a car on Chalamoid with their mother, who was still in critical condition in Adassa in Kerem Hospital. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu remarked, Along with the defense minister and the head of the central command, I was briefed on the terrible terror attack. Evil and coward terrorists murdered two young sisters from a dear family living in Efrat. Their mother is fighting for her life. Together with the entire state of Israel, we're praying for her and sending our condolences to this family at this difficult moment. Our forces are carrying out a manhunt. It is only a matter of time and not a long time until we find them, just like we found all the terrorists and previous incidents. The security cabinet convened yesterday and some decisions were taken. We acted in Lebanon, we acted in Gaza and reinforced our presence. We're carrying out extensive arrests and other actions which I cannot specify. I can say one thing. Our enemies are putting us to the test and they will find out again in this test that we stand together, convinced in our righteous way, with all the backing to our forces who operate also in the holidays to protect our country and our citizens. Together, united, we will win. There was also another car ramming ter- terror attack on Friday, April 7th, leaving multiple people injured and dead after a Palestinian terrorist slammed his car into them in Tel Aviv. 
An Italian tourist, 35-year-old Alessandro Perini, was killed and seven other tourists injured in a car arming and possible shooting attack on the Tel Aviv beachfront. The terrorist is an Arab-Israeli citizen, 45-year-old Yusuf Abu Jaber from the village of Far Qasem, who was shot and killed by security forces on the scene. Following the attack, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu ordered the recruiting of border police reserve units who will be drafted on Sunday morning. Number two. The House Oversight Committee issued subpoenas to banks asking for Biden family associates' financial records. Fox News has confirmed that the Oversight Committee subpoenaed Bank of America, Cathay Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, and HSB USA NA, as well as former Hunter Biden business associate Mervyn Yan, asking for financial records. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, representative from Kentucky, remarks. Well, I appreciate Ms. Chung for coming forward and uh, answering all of our questions for four hours during a transcribed interview. What we learned was that uh, these documents were, were transported from the vice presidency, from his office to the private sector in, in private cars. They went to at least three different locations initially. <laughs> Uh, one of which was in Chinatown, the other which was in the Penn Biden Center, which we're finding more and more evidence that it was uh, almost exclusively funded by China. And there was no lock on the door. All the things that Jack, that, that the special prosecutors apparently going to try to indict Trump on, on mishandling classified documents, Biden did, and he okay. did it about 10 times worse. So, you know, this was very valuable information we learned yesterday. Uh, we still don't know what those classified documents were, and we're still concerned about one document in particular that was found on the laptop that Hunter Biden had sent to his uh, cronies on Burisma in Ukraine. Well, we know, and we've heard Ted Cruz talk about, there's one particular email from Hunter Biden that he sent to his people at Burisma uh, that was a, was a government document. It was, it was written like a government document. Uh, it could very well have been a classified document, but we don't know yet exactly how he obtained that document. Number three. On April 7th, two sets of edited classified documents relating to the Russian-Ukrainian war were leaked on social media. The leaks also included details about North Korea, China, Iran, and the United Arab Emirates. The Pentagon is investigating the source of the leak, saying that Russia was likely behind it. Uh, so far, neither American nor Ukrainian officials know how this happened, but both of them, as you can imagine, now really concerned about sensitive information ending up in Russian possession that could uh, give Putin an upper hand here. This comes after U.S. officials noticed that the casualty numbers in the leaked version appeared to be doctored because they do not match the U.S. estimates or OSINT estimates. U.S. estimates of Russian casualties are roughly 200,000, while the edited leaked version claimed 16,000 to 17,500 casualties. Similarly, similarly, the Ukrainian casualty count was raised to 61,000 to 71,500, differing from the Pentagon estimates. There appeared to be multiple versions of the leaked slides <clears throat> with the later version circulating by Russian channels, changing the casualty counts to favor Russia. Bonus segment. Ben Ferencz, the last living prosecutor from the Nuremberg trials who tried Nazis for genocidal war crimes and was among the first outside witnesses to document the atrocities of Nazi labor and concentration camps, has died. He had just, re he had just turned 103 in March. Ferencz died Friday morning in Boynton Beach, Florida, according to St. John's University law professor John Barrett, who runs a blog about the Nuremberg trials. 
The death also was confirmed by the United States Holocaust Memorial, Memorial Museum in Washington. Today, the world lost the leader in the quest for justice for victims of genocide and related crimes, the museum tweeted out. A bipartisan U.S. delegation to Taiwan concluded that China's saber-rattling efforts should only inspire Washington to firm up its commitment to the island nation. Quote, these are intimidation tactics and saber-rattling, in my judgment, only firm up our resolve against the Chinese Communist Party. It has no deterrent effect on us, end quote. House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairperson Michael McCall, representative from Texas, told Fox News. In fact, he said, I think it galvanizes the United States' support for Taiwan. The delegation visited the island following Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen's meeting with the U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California last week. China responded to the meeting with a series of military drills deploying jets and warships for three days of combat readiness drills around Taiwan. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.